Well, amen. Good to be underneath the tabernacle tonight. We thank the Lord for the week thus far and how the Lord has ministered our hearts and our lives in these days together. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate Brother David and his heart and his love for the Lord. And it's an honor to be in service again with Brother Larry Winkler and to preach in the same service he is preaching in. He has been preaching one year longer than I have been alive. Now that doesn't make me feel old at all. But I made the mistake of asking Brother David how old he was. And he's 29. And I've been preaching 10 years longer than he's been alive. That has made me feel old tonight. Amen. I've got... I've got socks older than that, amen, but uh, it's an honor to be here. I will say, though, in seriousness, you young people, before you leave the tabernacle tonight, you need to make sure you shake that man of God's hand. There is a man of God in the tabernacle tonight that has faithfully served the Lord, and there are few uh, that have uh, been faithful this long, and we thank the Lord for Brother Winkler and his faithfulness, amen. If you take your Bibles tonight, turn with me over to the first uh, book of Chronicles, the 17th chapter. I think last night Brother Winkler mentioned having a couple messages on his heart, and I know what that is like. Uh, But uh, I'm glad my orders tonight are clear and precise. And they have been that way for many, many weeks now as I've prayed over this hour and this meeting. I want to read just four verses here in First Chronicles chapter 17 tonight. The Word of God says, Now it came to pass, as David sat in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars. But the ark of the covenant of the Lord remaineth under curtains. Then Nathan said unto David, Do all that is in thine heart, for God is with thee. And it came to pass uh, uh, the same night that the word of God came to Nathan saying, Go and tell David my servant, Thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in. And the Lord will add his blessings tonight, the reading of his word. I want to use these verses tonight to meditate upon a thought. When God says no, sometimes even in spite of our most earnest praying, Sometimes even in spite of our purest of motives, when we seek God for something, God says, says no. Now the no that is given to David here in 1 Chronicles 17, it may not be as, it may not be as drastic as the no that God in essence gave to Martha and Mary. Uh, when Lazarus was sick and they sinned for the Lord uh, to come and to heal uh, Lazarus so that he does not die. 
But in essence, uh, God says no and does not arrive until after Lazarus has been dead for days. I'm wondering, what are you going to do when God says no? What, what will you and I do when God seemingly takes away our dream, if you please? Maybe it's for somebody you want to marry and you just feel like they're the one for you, but oh my, God up and says no. Maybe it's a job. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a house. Uh, for the preachers that are here tonight, maybe it's that church. You, you, you're just sure that God's going to send you to that church, but God up and says no. What are you going to do when God says no? Oh my. Could I mention three things right quick and I'm going to get out of the way of the blessed man of God tonight. When God says no, I will say to you, first of all, count the yeses. Remember the yeses. Get your eyes on the yeses and your eyes off of the no. Remember all those times God has said yes. Remember all those times God has blessed you and given you things and given me things when we didn't even ask for them. He just blessed us in spite of ourselves tonight. But you see, that's not always easy to do. Because we get focused on the no's and the no's seem to get bigger than the yeses are. Oh my, count the yeses when God, when God says no. But now we have a, we have a problem. We like to count the no's. We like to focus on the no's. Why? We do it with parents. You can take your youngins to Dollywood. And on the, on in the park there, you know, you got to go through that backslid merchandise shop and everything else. And they see those trinkets and they see those balloons and, and, the, and they want that special balloon, but you, you don't want to put up with it all day long. You don't, you don't want to carry that stuffed animal all day long. Uh, uh, so you put them off, tell them we'll get to it later. And you ride, you ride every ride uh, uh, that there is to ride. You spend money you don't even have uh, 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 on corn dogs and hot dogs and cotton candy and everything else on my, I mean, you do it all. You're in the car on the way home and they're in the back seat crying. And when you ask them what in the world's the matter, they're liable to say, you don't ever let me have any fun. I just wanted a balloon and you wouldn't, but you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get me that balloon. I want to tell you, we often focus on the nose and you can help them get a car and you can pay for the insurance. And you can keep the gags in the car. And the first time you tell them they cannot go somewhere, you're liable to hear, you don't ever let me go anywhere. We like to focus on the nose. But I want to tell you, we parents do it ourselves with our children. They not only do it with us, we do it with them. I mean, they, they bring home one bad grade and we immediately forget about all those other A's. We forget about all those other times uh, uh, they've done well. Uh, uh, we, we focus on the one time they don't get in on time and we forget about all those other times uh, they made it home on time and sometimes made it early. We do it with our kids. We do it with preachers and pastors. Your pastor can pray for you. 
and preach to you and he can visit you at the hospital and uh, he can uh, drop by and call you and he can help you bear your dead uh, uh, when death comes by, oh my. Uh, but when the man of God has to tell you that that's not God's will for your life or that's not God's will for your church, you're liable to up and say, well, I want to tell you, who does he think he is? He's some dictator. We like to focus on the nose. And preachers, we're pretty good at doing it ourselves. I mean, that person can be faithful and they're there week after week after week. I mean, they're always in their place. They're always doing uh, uh, what God would have them to do. And they up and miss. And if you and I are not careful, uh, we'll go to sin. What in the world are they doing forsaking the house of the Lord? And I want to tell you what's most tragic tonight is that we do it with the Lord. We do it with God himself. As I said, we forget all those times he blesses us. We forget all those times he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And we want to focus and think about the time he shuts the window or closes the door or the time he says no. Now to prevent David from doing that, God reminds David in this 17th chapter, go home and read it tonight. God reminds David of a few things. Could have said it this way, God reminds David of some yeses. God reminds David of some things that he has done for him down in verse 7 and 8 and 9. God reminds them that, oh my, there was a day he was out on the backside looking at the rear end of somebody else's sheep, but now God's given him a flock and God set him on the throne and God has blessed him. And it just wasn't that God delivered the bear and the lion and Goliath while all the enemies that rose up against David. God took care of every one of them. And oh my, David had a whole lot of yeses to count and to remember. And so he doesn't get focused on the nose. God focuses David on the yeses. And you and I better do that. When God says no, you and I better focus on the yeses on my. Now there's a reason. There's a reason, especially with the Lord, that we like to focus on the no's and we easily forget the yeses. Is because in our way of thinking, we got a we sort of got the idea that if something sounds like a good idea, that it must then also be a godly idea. And it must also be God's will if it's a good idea, especially if we came up with it, especially if we, if we, if we thought of it. Oh my, oh my. Just because something's a good idea tonight does not mean it's a godly idea. And just because something's a good idea and a godly idea that does not mean that's God's will for your life. David has a good idea. He's living in a house of cedar that's magnificent. And the ark and God's presence is dwelling out there in a tent among curtains 
Oh my, it's a good idea. God's worthy of a house that is magnifical. The psalmist will later on say, Oh my, he's worthy of honor. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy of reverence and surely building the Lord a house. Oh my, will unite the people of God around the house of God. That's why the devil doesn't want you down at the house of God when the doors should be open for you and I together. together. He wants us cut off from God. It's a good idea. David had a good idea and it is even a godly idea. Because later on, God's going to have the temple built. Later on, God's going to have a house built. So we have a good idea. We got a godly idea. Only problem though is, it's just not God's will for David's life. It's just not God's will. for Just because you've got a good idea doesn't mean you need to do it. Just because you've come up with it doesn't mean that it needs to be done. Oh my, my, my. This was not God's will for David. God says no. Oh my. Now what makes the no, what, what makes the no's often harder is that sometimes he says no and he doesn't explain himself. Of course I would remind us tonight He's under no obligation to give you or me an explanation for anything. Now God is later on. God is going to later on explain to David why he cannot build the house. It's because he's a bloody man. And I believe that's even far more than just being a man of war, although that certainly is part of it. I believe it has to do with Uriah the Hittite as well. But the truth is David couldn't handle that at that moment. God knows when we can handle some explanations. But whether or not we ever get an explanation, thank God for the promises of God that he will withhold no good thing from you and me who walk uprightly before the Lord. Well, my brother Steve did a tremendous job last night. Uh, if you want to hear, you ought to, you ought to listen to Captain McNair. Go, go to the website and listen to it. I want to tell you it's good when God gives a word and it's come. It's good when God gives a word and it's yes. But sometimes he gives a word and it's no. I'll tell you when that happens, you better count the yeses. You better take inventory of all the blessings of the Lord and count the yeses. Number two, you need to count as God counts and not as man counts. Because we don't count. Like God counts. Oh, no, no, no. God and, man don't, God and man don't use the same formula. God and man don't use the same accounting principles. Oh, my. Whether it's sin or success, God doesn't count the way we count. I mean, think about man for a minute tonight. Man, man counts what's in the hand. Man counts what he holds and can hold in his hand. Man counts and focuses on the hand. But I'd remind you, God focuses and counts what's in the heart before he ever even considers the hand. Oh my, man counts what's done. But God first and foremost counts the desire before anything is ever done. Oh my, God counts 
the desire. In God's account, hear me tonight, in God's accounting to want to do it, God's accounting to want to do it is as good as doing it in the eyes of God. I will tell you that that includes sin and that includes success. You got hatred in your heart tonight, it's counted as murder. You lusting after somebody tonight, God counts it as adultery. Oh my God looks first on the heart. God counts and takes note of the heart tonight. Oh my now. I'm not saying we've got a loophole. I'm not saying we've got an excuse for not obeying and for not doing what we ought to do. But to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is what it is sin. Oh my. You and I need to do and we need to obey, but we better do and we better obey aright with the right attitude. Because God takes note of the heart. Yes, God says no to David. But God zeroed in on David's heart. God is counting what's in the heart of David. David's never with his own hand going to build the temple, but because it's in his heart, God is counting and taking note of it tonight. Oh my, see, that's the positive side. That's the positive side that God's accounting. I mean, listen over to Second Chronicles 6. The Lord said to David, my father, Solomon is recording this, for as much as it was in thine heart to build a house for my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Oh my, God takes note of the desires of the heart before he ever takes note or considers the hand, oh my. Him tonight, with God, with God, with God tonight. What you can't do, what you can't do, but it's in your heart, God counts it. What you do, and it's not in your heart, it does not count. I don't care how fancy you make it. I don't care how big a temple David could have made. It would not have counted in the eyes of God. It's the desires of our heart that counts. By the way, that's how he counts our offerings. That's how he counts when you and I give unto him. It's over, it's over there, it's over there in 2 Corinthians 8 there. He, he looks on a willing heart. He's looking for a willing heart. On K9, he checks out your attitude before he ever checks out your amount. Hear me tonight. When God says no, you better count as God counts tonight. And hear me, you may, you may be sitting here tonight. You may, you may never be as good of a parent as you want to be, but is it in your heart tonight? Oh, you may never be as good of a church member as you want to be, but is it in your heart tonight? Hey, preacher, you may never preach as good as you want to preach, but is it in your heart tonight? Hey, you may never see that lost loved one saved tonight, but is it in your heart? Oh, man, I'll tell you when God says no, we better adjust our counting. We better count the yeses. We better remember the yeses. And we better take note of how God counts and not man counts. One last thought. 
I'll say to you, when God says no, count on something better. When God says no, count on something better. When God says no, it's cause he has something better for you and better in mind for your heart, your life, your family, your church. Oh my, oh my tonight. For when he withholds one blessing, you can rest assured, it's cause he's got a better one that he wants to give to you. If he takes and withholds something in your in his left hand, you can mark her down. He's got something better in his right hand for you. I'm talking about what to do when God says no. We better we better remember that God has something better in mind. Now, hear me tonight. I'm not saying that this isn't frustrating. I'm not even saying. This isn't painful. You come back tomorrow night, we're gonna deal with Martha and Mary and their pain with the no. It is frustrating. It is painful when God says no. But when he says no, it's cause he's got something better in mind. I was talking to brother Larry, Miss Sandy a little bit last night. My first couple years of college, I was going to Brea College in Brea, Kentucky. I was going to be a high school agriculture teacher. I was going to run my uncle's farm. And uh, I, was working on the fa- I, was, I was working on the pig farm uh, there, the swine farm, if you're educated there. Uh, but, uh, and as, as, as a sophomore, as a sophomore I, was, I was offered the job of the student manager of the entire farm. Something that a lot of seniors never even got an opportunity to do it. There I was, a little old podunk sophomore, and they were offering me that position. I mean to tell you, I thought I had my hogs in a row. <laughs> but I want to tell you, in those last months, God said no, and God torn apart every little plan I had. And you know what? Had God said yes to that, I wouldn't be standing here tonight. I I wouldn't even know you and you wouldn't know me. When God says no, he's got something better in mind. But sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's painful. My oldest boy was standing up here singing tonight. We've got another son. We've got five grand youngins now. After those two boys were born, after a year or two, we were wanting another child. We were wanting another baby. And it looked like God was going to grant that and bring that to pass. But that was not God's will. I remember those painful days. I remember that painful no. But I want to tell you, sitting right back there tonight is a better yes. And she's standing up here on the platform a while ago singing, anytime God says no, it's because he's got something better in mind. In fact, let me say it this way. If God says no, he's got a better yes, a better yes, a better yes for your heart and for your life. Oh, by the psalmist says no good thing. The word good means excellent. The word good means favorable. No good thing, no excellent thing, no favorable thing will he withhold from them that walketh uprightly. Oh my, 
See, his nose, don't miss this tonight. His nose do not keep us from yeses. They just make way for the yeses. They just make way for God to do something better. And they just make way for God to do something bigger, if you please. I want to tell you, David wants to build the temple. David wants to build a house under the Lord. David wants to build a temple. And I want you to know God said no. Now, a temple does get built. A temple does get built. Solomon, David's son, gets to build it. That's pretty doggone good. Daddies love to see their sons and the children excel and, and, and be blessed. But I'm here to tell you, God's got something even better than that in mind for David. Because see, Solomon's going to build that great temple. Unlike any other. But Nebuchadnezzar's going to come and tear it down and tear it to pieces. Zerubbabel's going to rebuild the temple. But it's not going to be anything as glorious as Solomon's temple. Herod will come eventually and rebuild. There'll be another temple there. And tonight, tonight, there's a Muslim mosque. Tonight, there's a Muslim mosque on the very spot where David wanted to build the temple, but God had something better in mind for David than David to build a temple of stone. Say, what is it, preacher? God had David, for David in mind, to build a treasure of Scripture. He is the sweet psalmist of Israel. We call, we call, we call the Psalms, as, as Spurgeon said, uh, we call the Psalms uh, the treasury of David. Far better than silver and gold. Far more eternal than silver or gold. For what one jot nor one tittle will ever fall away from the Psalms of David. But I want to tell you this better than that. God's no meant a better and a bigger and a more permanent yes for David. Because it's not just that God's going to let him pin down Psalms and pin down a portion of the Word, of the Word of God. God's got something better than that even in mind. You say, how in the world could be anything be better than David getting to pin a part of Scripture, the, the treasure of Scripture? It's the title of the Savior. So we mean preacher. Every now and then, the Lord would be walking down the road and the Lord would be walking down the street and somebody that knew God and knew their Bible got a glimpse of him. And they said, thou son of David, thou son of David, thou son of David, and David's Lord and David's Savior bears his name tonight. And forever and ever and ever, Christ will be known as the son of David and the Lord of David at the same time. That's a better yes than stone and gold and silver tonight. Oh my, God had something better in mind. Now you say, preacher, how do you know that this is how David responded to God's no? Good question, legitimate question. It's because of what he does next. In verse 16, 
He doesn't get to pooch mouth. He doesn't pout. He doesn't step up on God. He doesn't stay away from the presence of God. And David, verse 16, David the king came and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I? Oh, Lord God. And what is mine house that thou hast brought me hither to? Oh, my. David, here's a now from God. But in spite of the now, David says, I'm going to worship anyhow. I'm going to praise God anyhow. Because all the yeses of God far outnumber all the no's that he's ever given unto me. When God says no, may we handle the no in the way David handled the no. Father, thank you for the truth of the word of God tonight. God, I don't know every heart that's underneath this tabernacle, but you do. God, I don't know who you have telegraphed, addressed these thoughts to tonight. But God, you have sent them because, Lord, you're a better God. And, Lord, because you do love us and care so for us, you're interested in us. Oh, God, may we allow, may we allow, God, you to have your right away. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, for the service thus far. Put your touch and anointing on the rest of it, oh, God. May every heart simply be obedient and yielded unto you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. That's the message, Brother David.